Hello everyone! Welcome to another fantastic episode of Classic Elder Scrolls Night. The one show that does one thing, if anything, and that is not talk about the Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, I shouldn't even say the name of the game. Oh my god. <laughs> I am your humble host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, Ivarwin. And I've got a great, great panel uh, lined up for you today as we discuss Skyrim. But first, today is Freydas! First Seed the 14th. And thank you very much, everyone, for joining me here in, in the land of Skyrim in Tamriel. Uh, first up on, on the docket is the illustrious, the one and only director of community here at Quest Gaming Network and one of my fellow hosts for Classic Elder Scrolls Night, John Supa. How's it going, Avarwin? I blame more Q for all our technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, uh, speaking of, of which, hopefully the uh, the chat room can can hear us this time. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Uh, and if there is an issue, please let us know, and we'll certainly restart. Uh, but going forward, while we're on community managers, I'd like to introduce uh, one of my other fellow hosts for Classic Elder Scrolls Night and a, a titan here. On uh, Classic Elder Scrolls Night, a community manager for Quest Gaming Network and the resident expert of Skyrim, Marku of Tamriel. Are you calling me fat? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, up my ducks. About me, Marku, here in Skyrim. <laughs> we're live on Twitch. We'll be later on YouTube. And we're going to be traveling with you to work. Oh yes, like a hitchhiker with a dirty rain mac and a blooded knife. That that wasn't that wasn't bad actually. That it was awful, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and also one of one of my my uh, wonderful fellow hosts of Elder Scrolls Off the Record, who who's made the transition from Elder Scrolls Off the Record to here, classic Elder Scrolls Night. Oh my God, I'm getting attacked <laughs> already. Already in the beginning of the stream. Uh, the uncompromising, the expert of Oblivion, Shank Tank. Yo, it's Friday. Time for Elder Scrolls. Um, hopefully, if Arwen's <laughs> lockpicking will uh, fare better in this game. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and writer of the Quest Gaming Network, James. Hello, everybody. How's it all hang in? It's good, man. So we're here. <laughs> I've been working on that all day. Yeah. No, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if if in-game uh, discussion and all that, uh, things, what's going on in-game, if it's too loud, let me know. Certainly, I will turn things down. But um, when I when I listen to this stuff during my commute, uh, one of my favorite things is. <laughs> There goes that Argonian. Shank, look, I killed an Argonian for you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the the some of the sound effects might be a tad too loud on our end. Yeah, but, uh, sure. Yeah, a little bit. We're going to go ahead and lower that for you then. And uh, turn the voice acting down as well. And we're just now seeing the Argonian die, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Argonian. Bad Argonian. Oh. He was a thief. He tried. He tried to rob me. I'm well, yeah, all right. I guess. 
And it looks like you're playing the character that you named after me, Morrigan. Morrigan, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't name I name her at all after you. after you. No, we did. We we said that last time. Yeah. So we'll, we'll pretend Dragon Age never existed. I guess. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, uh, this character is. Um, this is my my one-handed spell and shield mage who uh, who wears light armor. Um, and and does uh, dabble a little bit in the sneaking and the archery. That um, that's, that's actually doing. pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. So it's a mage that uses a bow and sneaks. Is that what you're telling me? And a shield. And a shield. Oh, and a shield. Yes. This should be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. She's... How how are you? That's. I'm trying to figure out how you're using the shield in tandem with. It's just it. It's just a defensive. For the for this when you're spell casting, yeah, it's just a piece oh, of defense. Okay. So right now, like what I'm using is just a little, a little firebolt. And what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to show you how I how I use the, um, the bow in connection with sneaking here. Um, let's see. Now I've got the bound bow spell, but my my magic is a bit limited right now, so I don't actually know if I can. Conjure it? No, I actually didn't have enough magic to conjure it last time. <laughs> I remember no, we, we left off on that. Night. Yeah. Uh, it took you an hour to find the bow, and then we found out it's not leveled enough to actually have enough magic here. Couldn't even make it. Couldn't even get it. But... <laughs> yeah, I was in the chat uh, while you were doing that, and while you were walking around the fort looking for where the bound bow was hidden, uh, me and another gentleman in chat were doing the, the, the cold and hot game for you. You couldn't see it, but we were getting a laugh. <laughs> So um, I just off this guy with with my bow. Uh, obviously not the bound bow, but um, a bow indeed. And just started just you know in sneak right. And what what happens is if this guy and he's he's probably gonna yeah see here he is he's coming in. I'm just gonna come out of sneak, hit him with a firebolt, right. And as he uses his melee attacks against me, I just block them with my shield. And uh, we kind of go at it like that for for a while. Boom! There he goes down. So it's like a real like sort of you. So you're basically using your stealth to get like the uh, to catch him off guard. And for up close and personal, when they come in, you're basically using your magic and your shield. Correct. That okay? That is like that sounds strangely familiar sort of to the uh, the character my the ranger that I have in Oblivion where I'm using that that same initial part for the range and the sneak for you know sneaking with the bow but whereas I'm using a sword and shield for my up close and personal you substituted the sword with your magic that's something I haven't honestly thought of doing which is yeah, kind of cool I, I never think to do that. And it's actually it's pretty cool build to watch you uh, play through. So for those of you that watch the podcast or listen to the podcast, make sure you head out to twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork and join us for the live stream. And honestly, it's better because like you, you're not using you're not wasting magic on like the useless ward. No, I, I refuse to use that stupid thing. <laughs> so useless. <laughs> Why would you have a ward? It, I, I, I don't know. I, the the ward. I mean, if you have a huge pool of of magicka, fine. But uh, you know, I, I just can't. I can't. I can't justify using all of that magicka constantly 
um, just to just to have a stupid ward up. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those. It's 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 honestly it's it's it costs more than it's uh, you know benefiting you. Yeah. And honestly, though, like we, you know, it'd be cool to do try like the inverse. If somebody tried the inverse of what you're doing, so instead of using you know a, a, a spell for your offense and a physical shield for defense, if somebody used a sword for offense and a ward for defense. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'm legendary. Why not? Except for the, okay. the ward actually won't protect you against melee attacks, which that's that would suck. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's why that's why I recommended it. That's that's what I'll do. I'm so maybe know. yeah, maybe so. You, nobody should do that. That sounds like a terrible yeah. idea. Yeah, that's, that's that's terrible. <laughs> oh man, I love you guys. This is this is probably classic Elder Scrolls night. I, I would have to say is. It's got to be just it, it. It's just one of my favorite things to do during the week. I mean, I love all I love all the shows that that we do. I don't think that QGN has a bad show at all. Between the the amazing things that happen with Totally Heroes and Rift off the record, you know, um, Elder Scrolls off the record is just. It, it, I, I don't think it's ever been better. And we hit episode one hundred and three. Um, and then you know, of course, we've got Swotori Forge, which is just God. I, I, I I think it's probably the most unique thing that we do in the network. Maybe one of the more unique podcasts out there in general. Um, I get that said to me a lot. And just absolutely like like Fred is brilliant on that show, and and Lou, you can tell his lore segment is just one of his his favorite things to talk about every single week. Um, but when it comes to classic Elder Scrolls Night, it's it's just for me it's probably one of like the um easiest to to prepare for and one of the most fun uh things uh one of the most fun shows to record as a result i just i love it so much so to summarize you like us better than everyone else um i'm not going to play favorites but <laughs> hey, it works for me because I'm on two shows with him. So mm-hmm. you know, there you go. <laughs> no, yeah. I, don't. I don't. But uh, I thought they should put some input into that. So just yeah. Ah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> we've got we, kick James. We, we've Ooh. got some. Uh, we've got some topics that we uh, we want to discuss, and um, you know, I know a whole lot of us don't really know James right now, and I want to I want to talk a little bit. Um, about you know James and maybe some things that James likes to do in Skyrim, but before we get into any of that, I want to know uh, what's what's on the docket today, uh, Supa. So on the docket today, we have a few topics that uh, good old Devarwin scrounged up from the forums. Uh, first off, we will discuss Steam versus Nexus. We also have. Oops, let me get to the top of this one. Jeez. Is Skyrim a lackluster RPG? If so, how? And random Skyrim questions number two. This one is going to be really fun. <laughs> as well as a book by Morku and me presenting the mod of the week. All right. So uh, let's let's not be rude. Uh, let's let's head over to James, who's our our guest tonight. Uh, first of all, thank you, by the way, for for hanging out with us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me in. Yeah. Um, so, 
James, we're, we're, we're playing Skyrim, um, but tell us a little bit about what you do for Quest Gaming Network. Um, I write news um, and the occasional weekly article piece. Um, I've also kind of helped out a little bit, like community-wise, hanging out in the mumble chat and keeping everybody entertained. Um, in, in general, uh, that's the, the gist of what I do for right now. Although I am certainly looking to expand um, as a streamer for QGN as well. Um, the, uh, the new computer parts are ordered. We'll oh, be wonderful. here in a week. So excited. So excited. Um, we'll see how smooth the transition is. Getting everything set up and everything reinstalled. Um, hopefully it won't take me longer than a day or two to get that process finished. But... Uh, no, uh, you know, setting up your CPU, the whole computer, that'll take you a day, and then installing your CPU fan will take you another day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. you know that, hey, John. Yes. Can I, can I just uh, say something real quick about uh, the, the James's uh, writing and stuff? Um, it, he's mm. kind of underselling himself there, if you don't mind me saying, because uh, as one of the three editors at QGN, uh, James has some pretty, like... I am honestly, dude. I I'm impressed by the way that you 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 write the specifically like the news and stuff. You, the way you construct it. So honestly, guys, if whenever you see an article by him getting tweeted out uh, by either him or by the QGN uh, Twitter, definitely go take a read. It's always worth reading. And uh, honestly, it's just I like reading his stuff. So uh, just uh, wanted to give you your uh, give you your due there, dude. Thank you, Shank. You get you get my big G award for the day. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we we're we're very lucky in the fact that we we just don't have a bad rider here at uh, at Quest Gaming Network. Except for Dave. Uh, Dave's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want an example of awful writing, read all of Dave's stuff. <laughs> wow. Happy birthday, Dave. <laughs> poor, poor Dave. It's his birthday today, guys. Let's. I know it's his birthday today, and we're, we're ragging on him. Yeah. Um, oh, although, although um, as as uh, critical as Dave has been about um, about Pete Hines, we actually got Pete Hines to to tweet uh, "Happy birthday to Dave today," and to explain to to Dave that he doesn't hate him. <laughs> oh, that was very kind of him. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Wow. So that would mean really the hate. The hate is just a one, one-way street. Then, basically, Dave, yeah. Dave hates yeah. Pete, but Pete doesn't hate him back. Not at all. Not even a little bit, because he said, "I don't, I uh, don't hate you at all." <laughs> wow. So th- that means Pete is the better man. Yeah. That, in this situation. That that may that may be what you can derive from that. Yeah. Well, Dave used the most address, so it's <laughs> never really been in question. Uh, Dave, for the record, I haven't spoken bad about you yet. Just remember that. I love mm. you. Yeah, remember he he tagged the yet on there, which means there's some stuff coming. He's just building up to it. It's uh, on its way. <laughs> exactly. It's on its way. So so James, uh, now that we know what you do around here, um, yeah. How do you play Skyrim? Because that's that seems to be the game that we're we're playing this evening, and. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh, it's been a while since we've we've actually uh, jumped back into Skyrim, or at least uh, me personally, it's been a while since I've jumped back into Skyrim. Do, been doing a lot of Oblivion, and uh, I sort of want to get this uh, get a little of this on on the stream too. So, 
so we got we got some Skyrim for you today, and and I'm wondering, James, how how do you play? I play. I always played. Every time I've replayed through the game, um, stealthy with a bow, and I max out my lockpick as soon as I can. Um, I do not like coming across a, a lock I cannot open and get the contents out of that chest. Um, I love getting my stealth built up to the point where it's at 100 or more. And then I can put arrows into the faces of anybody. Um, and they only have the inkliness, the, the basic idea of where I am. They can't find me. And then I just keep plugging away at them. I love that. Um, there was a one character I made that I tried to go as much mage as possible. But I, I ended up digressing back into stealth and with a bow because... You can't really shoot the magics in stealth. It gives you away immediately. <laughs> well, unless you get that muffled Silent. for illusion, right? Silent yeah, casting. Silent, uh, yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. Illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, let's let's put that up on the screen right now that we're talking about it. Um, you go into illusion and uh, I think it's about seventy skill points. Yeah, it's, it's like a way. 70. It's a way up there. That, that's my <laughs> yeah. only problem with that that uh, skill is I've always wanted to try like an assassin um, mage user that uses conjured bows and stuff, but because silent casting is so high up, I, I don't find it that feasible, especially in the beginning. Yeah, I play yeah. on my, on legendary. I use it. And speaking of the, the conjured casting. bow and the the bound bow spells that you guys are always talking about, I've never gone after that bound bow. I've it's always just built up. I've always built up my my crafting, so that I can make the 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 dragon bone bows. Um, once I'm there, the deadliest bow in the game. It is, yeah, dragon is, but um, <clears throat> I think the conjured bow is basically a daedric. So if you can get that at early level, it's it's better than anything you can pretty much get until like ninety smithing. Correct. Yeah. So. I I I definitely try and advocate using the bound bow if you want to go archery. So and, and, and on the topic of bound bow, it's only found in in two locations, uh, and one of which is, is pretty well hidden, as Varwin can attest to. <laughs> what is the other Mori? I think you know it. Uh, it it's uh, you can actually buy it at certain levels. Oh, okay. So once you hit a, a certain level, it's in the stores. But if you want to yes. actually find it in game, it's only in that one location. Yes. Mm. And you know what, James? You actually—it sounds like at least at least uh, when it comes to combat, you play very similar to me. Except I, I actually attack. Right, right, right. But like <laughs> you, you, you sneak a lot. You use your—you don't really conjure your bow. I don't think I've ever used a conjured bow, honestly. And you, you do yeah. the crafting. I mean, that's that's with obviously you probably actually fight i i will run away but <laughs> yeah it's it's i mean it, you're probably like one of the only people that plays closest to my play style honestly so that's that's kind of good to hear yeah and i started a love affair with the bow in oblivion oh yes uh, <laughs> you know right there right there in in the catacombs when you're when you're getting out of your jail cell you know Picking off goblins from a distance, it was so much fun to just see their body ragdoll as soon as I got that kill shot. Oh, and I yeah. would try so hard to get that arrow to angle just right to hit him in the head. Oh, it's, it was so fun getting yeah, that perfect. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know, I, I think the, com or sorry, the specifically the archery is, is a little bit more complex and uh, 
I don't know if unforgiving is the right word, but it, it's it's more it's definitely more difficult. I feel like in in Oblivion, which it is. It, they definitely they definitely seem to take in like arrow drop, you know, oh, yeah. drop mechanics. Right, like the arrow physics are a little bit yeah. more. You know, you have to think about them. Whereas in Skyrim, it's pretty much where you shoot, it's gonna land. If they're at a certain distance, you might have to shoot a little higher, but there's right. not much drop to them. They don't mm-hmm. really arc as much as they do in Oblivion. Yeah. But I still loved, still loved the bow in Skyrim. Oh yeah. I still love playing with it. Um, and I rarely did melee. Um, if if they got close to me, I would I would peace for a distance um, until they until they lost me, and then I'd come back and finish them off. You know, so, no response. So that, that's, that's what I that's, liked about that. That's where you and I diverge right there you go back <laughs> I, I keep running yeah, yeah. And, and I attack from the beginning I, yeah. I'm out to kill uh, I did not craft this this totally awesome bow and build up my stealth skill for nothing yeah I try to use it Shanks I had so up. much fun in a lot of the uh, a lot of the dungeons and map areas of Skyrim seeing how you know exactly where I could position myself that was the other thing the other thing too that I would do I would always look for that place so that if they could spot me and then they came after me to attack, I'd always try to put myself in some place on the in the room that it would be impossible for them to reach me by melee. And then I would launch my attack. Oh, this is my favorite room right here. That's oh, good thinking. These bandits. I just realized where you were. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm having a I'm having a blast right now. Yeah, this is what I would do is attack from from up on high, but because my stealth skill would be so high, They'd go running around for a while, but then I'd I'd stop attacking until they, you know, forgot about me, and they'd go back to their positions, and then I'd just pick off another one or two of them. Um, there's also a, a a tunnel below you um, that has little openings in the rock wall. Yes. That I would use that at times too. Um, I would sh- start shooting from above right right there, mm-hmm. um, and get them all riled up, and then I'd run down and go to the tunnel below. And wait for them to return to their positions, and then start shooting again. It's the the sniper at in at heart inside of me. That uh, yeah, that that tunnel down there is is pretty awesome. Um, I it's one of my favorite features in especially in this this little uh, dungeon here, because and, and part of the game too. Like I I think I found this this place kind of early on in in my Skyrim gameplay, and. Um, it kind of helps solidify um, the what exactly is going on here in Elder Scrolls games, which is just the the exploration aspect of of these games versus you know what I was at the time was primarily an MMO player. Mm-hmm. So seeing that and like oh wow, if you if you look around, you really are going to find like tiny little cool things, and and this world does kind of feel alive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And, yeah. and that little tunnel you're talking about in this place, you know, did help to sort of uh, cement that idea in my head. Yeah, and for the uh, the, for the purpose of uh, people listening, I believe it's Lost Knife Hideout, where we are right now. Yep. Yeah. Actually should be just south of Fort Amel, right, dude? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just where we got the, the bamboo. It's right across from there. Oh, that's yeah. where it is? Oh. Uh. Oh, I gave it away, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, it's still know, hidden. Spoilers. Yeah, you're still not going to find it, even if you know where it is. No, you you know what though? I I say that not in like not in like a, oh man, you just gave it away. But like I'm shocked because 
I think I've gone into Fort Amel, like, I don't even know how many times, and I have never yeah. found it. Look yeah, up it, it, in the rafters. <laughs> and, oh. and under the beds. And under the beds. Uh, under it, yeah. the beds. I'll tell you that. It's, it's definitely not there. <laughs> if you want a hint, don't look under the beds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Is there a Slender Man under the beds? <laughs> um, John. What have you been doing in Elder Scrolls this week? I have been playing ESO this week, honestly. Uh, I actually haven't picked up Skyrim for quite some time, and watching you play kind of makes me miss my character. So we may be seeing some late nights uh, in Skyrim coming back after this ESO beta, uh, where I play my, my <laughs> archer, my ranger, that enjoys going and adventuring during the day and then drinking his sorrows away at night. There you go. I think you know what to that though. Like you make a good point, John. Um, this Elder Scrolls are one of those few games for me where, like, if 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 I see somebody play it, I want to go play it. Yeah, yeah. like watching him play right now. It's like, man, tell with this podcast. I should just start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. well, so we'll make Actually, it. A, we'll make it a I'm quick show a for you. <laughs> What's that, uh, James? I might be making a character right now. <laughs> um, so if I seem distracted, it's because I'm trying to get him just right. Okay. So so then uh, so so Shank, what about you? What have you been doing in uh, in Elder Scrolls this uh, this week? Uh, the the little I managed to play, um, I played uh, yesterday. You heard I tweaked my ENB and I messed with the graphics. Okay, yes. I when do I not do that? Um, <laughs> But um, I also, between then and today, managed to uh, clear out. Um, oh God, something's going on with like. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I managed to uh, do that. Do do the uh, first quest for the uh, thieves guild, where you have to go, or one of the first quests, I should say, when you need to go uh, steal the the plans from Aaron Goth uh, from Golden Glow Manor and uh, bring it back to uh, the thieves guild, and. Uh, that was I, I love doing that quest man it's it's just that's the that's the game that or sorry that I should say that's the quest when I played Skyrim for the first time that was the quest that told me ah yes okay this is an Elder Scrolls game because like it all just like came back to me like in full force when I was doing that quest for the first time so it's it's one of my favorites cool man um Maury hello Hello. What's been going on so, with you in, in, in Tamriel? More a queue of Tamriel. What have you been doing in Tamriel? Well, um, you know, as may some people have seen, I've been doing a little thing called Mori Does Legendary Skyrim. And so I've actually been playing quite a bit of Elder Scrolls. And up to the last point, I was exploring Markarth. Um, so, you know, I, I went to Markarth. Instantly, I got down into Sneak. Uh, got into the main city, walked up behind the guy and slit his throat before he got time to kill Margaret. You're my be, hero! I've never Ooh. been able to do that. I've tried a million times. Yeah, I've never times. been able to stop him either. Yeah, yeah I'll do that. And I also I always, I also managed to kill Calixo in Windhelm as well before he, he kills when you're doing the murders of Windhelm. Dude, how, what, happen, what happens if you stop the murder in Markarth? Uh, you save the woman and you can actually talk to her for helping complete that quest line. No rather way. Than, yeah, rather than just search a room. Yeah. Dude. 
expert of, expert of Skyrim here. You know? There you go. Uh, and also, I, I've got a mod called Convenient Horses as well. And um, I actually bought my, my horse, um, cost a thousand gold. And then I took it out, going out to Markarth, kill some Forsworn. And I I went down a waterfall, and the, ho- <laughs> the, ho- the horse died. Oh, right, no. Basically, right after I bought it. You know, um, you know what I love. Not, not. To, I'm sorry. No, no. I'm sorry. Continue, Maury. I'm, I'm being. I'm, I'm going to be rude and interrupt. I, I'm sorry. No, because I, I, was, I was just going to say, like, yeah, I basically killed my horse. Basically, right after I bought it, a thousand gold. <laughs> kind of made me sad, and I, I, I think I almost cried on stream. Um, oh. The chat, the chat thought it was very funny. Um, I must say, as they were. Well, but yeah, my horse just kind of crumpled up as it landed on a rock, falling from a waterfall. Uh, and then, and then, and then, so I could loot it and take the horse meat, and I didn't do that because I thought it was very inappropriate. But that's against uh, the Green Pact. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, and it's and it's tasteless without the right seasonings. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, talk about horse meat. You know, we we did have a scandal over here last year about uh, Romanian companies and other stuff putting horse meat in our lasagnas and things. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I'm passing it off as beef. Uh, but anyway, yeah, also, uh, <laughs> while I was in Markarth, because I tend to go to areas and, and kind of do as much as I can, um, I I saved a Hagraven who saved. wants to get a... Yeah, there's, there's like a quest around Markarth. Oh, yeah, where oh, yeah, there's, that... a, yeah there's a Hagraven in, in a cage. In and the she's cage, like, yeah. Hey, woman, stole. Tower, give you staff. Go kill. And I like, did that. So I did that, and then... Um, just a lot of stuff like killing Forsworn and oh, and also I um, I found the De- the Debella, the sigil of Debella, which is where you go to, like you talk to Deglate Degain, which is the beggar in Markarth, and he's like, go steal that statue, and if you steal the statue but get caught, you actually get a quest from the temple that sends you to Carth Western to find a girl and. The girl is called the Sybil of Debella. She's going to be like the next leader, I believe, of the tower or something like that, of the temple. And then um, you have to go to a bandit um, camp, and well, a Forsworn camp, and go rescue her. So I did that. And uh, after that, you actually get a, um, a buff called the Blessing of Debella, which gives you 10%, 10% on prices and increased damage with, with, against the opposite sex. Uh, so that's kind of what I've been doing this week. Not much, really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and obviously, I played a little bit of um, Elder Scrolls online today. Sure. Well. Yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of uh, that's the big hot topic right now, um, since you know the the final beta is going on for that. But uh, lest us not break our our rule any further, we are certainly bending it ever so slightly. Yeah. Um, you know what I, you know what I love, and, and I'm sorry about the the rude uh, vocalizing of the random thought I was having, but <laughs> I, I love how Shank is the expert in Oblivion here, and I love how Mori is the expert in Skyrim here. Um, and it, it kind of makes me wish that we had an expert in Morrowind on on our show steadily. You should play Morrowind, Morrowind. Morrowind, mm. super. I choose you. No, <laughs> don't make me do it again. 
<laughs> as as much as I as much as I enjoy that game, uh, Morrowind is very very hard to stream for a lot of reasons. Number one, and first and foremost, is is the 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 technical aspect of streaming Morrowind. It's just it's just a headache. Um, but also the fact that if you don't know Morrowind, uh, it's very difficult to to stream it because there's a lot of like reading that that happens in in Morrowind that you have to be aware of. Uh, well, you gotta you gotta read a lot of quests in order to to figure out what's what's going on and where to go and figure out what to do. So if you don't know the game, then you're doing a lot of reading, and a lot of times that can't be, that's not necessarily, you know, the most entertaining thing to stream. No, and I think uh, I, I did attempt it. Um, the issue I had was with some hitboxes uh, not being where I thought they should be and, and things of that nature. So I think maybe I'll give it another shot if I can... Uh, go ahead and find the right mods because people did tell me that there are mods that adjust the hitboxes so that they make more sense but I was just getting devoured by the flying creatures that would come out and try and eat my head <laughs> yeah that was glorious it was glorious so glorious I wasn't even there and I can feel how glorious it was it was well that's because you kill me and Daisy all the time and you get a good laugh out of it <laughs> We got to talk about that. Okay. There, uh, there might be a way that we can get a a Morrowind expert on here, though. We'll, Rage, we'll, we'll answer see. the phone. <laughs> uh, is it is Rage a Morrowind expert? Is that what you've been leading into here? Uh, he loves it. But... Yeah, he does love Morrowind. I actually didn't even know that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Rage is a uh, Rage is a. Uh, Big fan of Morrowind and and Mr. White Pants is saying in the chat, "Yay, cliff racers!" No, to hell with cliff racers! <laughs> All right, they're evil creatures. Yeah, pterodactyls, they're horrible. That's why I've never played it. I can't. I watch Super and I'm like, nah. Ah, oh, nah. I like, I like Skyrim. And I've, I've been playing a bit of Oblivion as well. I've done about five or six, maybe seven or eight hours of that. I, I, and I do enjoy. I do enjoy what I've played, but. Skyrim was my first, and I just love playing Skyrim. Sure, you know, there's that that uh, that weird Elder Scrolls thing that happens where you know your first Elder Scrolls game tends to be your your favorite, and uh, everything else not necessarily pales in comparison, but you find yourself making the comparison. So, I think it's yeah. I mean, it just has the biggest. I mean that that first game whatever it is it has like the biggest impact on you because you know maybe you haven't played a game like that ever um and yeah it's 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 definitely it's it's you you'll know when it happens to you and it's, it's yeah no, awesome. no that, that's basically the same as evolving like skyrim was my first i was always kind of predominantly an mmo player and then just going into skyrim and then having these these like it, to me, they felt really deep kind of quests and and made you feel epic and just it's so it's so good. I, I love playing that game. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I have to say, I, I even think that Bethesda feels as if they got Elder Scrolls right finally um, with with Skyrim because you, you hear them talk about uh, Skyrim and there's just so much just. 
honest love for for Skyrim versus any of the other Elder Scrolls games um, with with the developers. And uh, I, I, I I feel that Elder Scrolls Six is going to be heavily uh, influenced by by Skyrim. Elder Scrolls Six is going to be fantastic. I uh, I just I can feel that already. Yeah. And take place in Valenwood. I'm calling it now. Yep, me too. I, I really I, I yeah. completely agree. You, you, I sure hope yeah. it is there. You act. Yeah, you look at um, at the forums, and, and you know it's always a big discussion right now. Uh, Elder Scrolls Six. Where is it going to be? And most people are saying, "Yeah, man, Valenwood, Valenwood for for the win." So, um, all right, uh, John, what's uh, what's first on uh, on our list of discussion topics today? All right. So first is a post by Mike, the truthful, on the official Bethesda forums, where he asked, "Steam versus Nexus, which do you prefer?" <sighs> the hold on, let wow. me break down the vote here. So the options were Steam, Nexus. I use them equally. I use one the most, and the other I will only use if I find something good. And I'm on Xbox or PlayStation. So, boo. The winner clearly was Nexus with 15 votes. Uh, coming in second was I use one the most and the other I will use if I find something good. Third was I use them equally. Steam had only one vote, and I'm on Xbox. PlayStation also had only one vote. Wow. Really? Wow. I have a very good theory about why this is. Well, actually... I- I want to just touch on something. When Varwin sent me the link to this, he said it's very surprising to him. And I just want to find out, Shank, are you surprised by this vote at all? I am 100% not surprised. I was expecting pretty much exactly that breakdown. I am right with you. Yeah. Hmm. It's... Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, as as the, the odd man out then, I'll, I'll simply say that what surprises me about it is simply the fact that there's so many mods in in the uh the next uh not the nexus the um the workshop that i i would think that it it's uh plus steam is so big i would think that it would be a person's go-to place for for mods regarding uh regarding skyrim uh maybe some of the older games i would think the nexus sites because they tend to to favor uh, well, people who, who who are older and have played been been playing Elder Scrolls games for a long time, I think tend to favor the the Nexus sites. Um, but to see you know this poll, which didn't have a whole lot of voters on it anyway, but um, you know I think I think it is you know representational in a microcosm anyway of of what people would normally vote for as it is. Um, to see it go in in that m- much of a drastic way on the Elder Scrolls forums was very surprising to me. I, uh, I'm sorry. Did were you gonna say something? I feel like I just cut you no. off. No, he did not cut okay. me off. <laughs> um, he, the, my my theory is is this. Um, first of all, I have no qualms with the workshop. I think the Steam Workshop, regardless of games, is probably regardless of game you're trying to mod is one of the greatest innovations in PC game. I mean, it's just amazing. It's so easy to use and it just I mean it it just works basically. Um that being said, um and I'm not sure if this is on a per developer basis, Supa, maybe you can correct me if, if my assumption is wrong, but 
the Steam Workshop does have its limits on what types of mods uh, can be posted. For yeah. for example, the that the uh, the most popular mod to get for Skyrim is actually the high res texture mod, not not Bethesda's textures. But this is a uh, different individual who created this mod um, to provide higher resolution textures than even Bethesda did. And that is the most heavily downloaded mod uh, last time I checked. And that mod is not on the workshop. It's on the Nexus and it's the most downloaded mod. And it's it's mods like that where you have like certain like, uh, for example, ENB, you cannot get that on the workshop. Certain other visual mods you can't get. Any mods that might like mess with the the scripting language and stuff like that, you don't you necessarily cannot get on the workshop. So while uh, uh, the Shank. workshop is hey Shank, just just hold on one second. I, I'm really sorry to interrupt you, but uh, I picked up Meridia's beacon and I was getting a lot of audio from from Meridia. Uh, oh, no. And it was it was talking over you, and it was me. I'm really sorry, man. It was making it hard for you to to listen to. I I thought I turned. Oh no no. No worries, dude. No worries. Uh, what, what did you? What did you? What did I? What did? Would you miss? No, I, I just didn't want you to continue and and be um, interrupted. So it looks like it's okay now. So just uh, you know, yay live. Go, please go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So so um, just to back up real quick, there there's certain types of mods that Steam Workshop doesn't allow. For example, certain graphics mods, certain scripting, uh, any mods that may mess with the scripting. Um, and those are the, you can only get those mods on the the Nexus. And the most downloaded mod last time I checked, uh, I think regardless of Workshop or Nexus, is the the Skyrim HD 2K textures, and that's on the Nexus. So I, I think while Workshop is great and very very easy and incredibly ex uh, accessible to use, and I mean I I have some mods from the Workshop, the Nexus just provides a much greater breadth of uh, types of mods, and in my experience, um, especially with things like the Nexus uh, uh, Mod Manager, it's very, very easy. Not much more difficult than the Workshop, actually. Um, the Nexus is, is pretty easy to install. And it favors the more... The, the, the heavy modder. If somebody wants to really, really mod their game and make it very different, you go to the Nexus. Because it's simply a different breadth of... Uh, mods to choose from so i think because of that it'll uh I i'm not too surprised about that yeah and i'll just kind of pick up and, and give my thoughts um first of all i i didn't i wasn't surprised by this and and to kind of go back to what you were saying the workshop one item submitted to the workshop are reviewed by steam so there's a uh, review okay. time okay. and they are set as to what you can do by the developer Okay. Um, whereas on the Nexus, those restraints aren't there, and also that uh, the review is not there. So say someone comes out with a mod and finds out that there is something broken with it and they need to do, in essence, a hotfix, they aren't able to do that with the Steam Workshop because of the review process. So unfortunately, mods are not updated as fast with the Steam Workshop. So uh, and, and I totally agree with you. Someone that... <laughs> Steam Workshop to me is for someone that casually wants to mod Skyrim or, or is concerned ab about what they know and, and might feel that they don't know enough to dive into it. Um, and the Nexus is there for those of us that maybe even started with the Workshop and then just saw what was available on Nexus and went, oh man, I want to get in on that. And you know, spent the time, watched the tutorials, watched the installation guides, looked at the load orders, 
or went and downloaded Boss NTS5 Edit, which I believe I've covered on this show before, uh, to help you safely mod your game. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head. Like, I think it's a great st- workshop. Is the I mean, because I know I started from the workshop, and it's a perfect place to start modding because it's very easy and it introduces you to what modding is. And then if you get more curious, you kind of get uh, okay. Well, m- well, maybe I want to try some one of these other different mods, and it's only available on the Nexus. Well, okay, let me go watch some YouTube videos and tutorials and see how to do it. So I think there's definitely like a graduation process uh, for it. That, that, that you make a great point there, Supa. Yeah, I mean, I'd just like to add, I've actually got a couple of numbers here, and uh, just to correct one thing you said, that the most downloaded of all time on the Nexus is Skyrim. SkyUI. Yeah. Okay, there we uh, go. Yeah. Okay, how, how many sales do you think Skyrim had? 25 million, say? Or something like that, would you say? Or a few more? Oh, I've probably, I mean, I don't know, what, man. Scott, Skyrim? <laughs> well, the there total were, views there on, yeah, on SkyUI, sorry. No, they were saying that uh, sales so far for Skyrim were like 20 million, I believe. Yeah, okay. So, total views on on SkyUI, 13.4 million views. A total of of 6, almost 6.1 million downloads, and it's almost 3 million unique downloads. So, that's basically, you know, that's... <clears throat> just under an eighth, maybe, of the entire people who play Skyrim have Sky UI. That's a large chunk of the PC, Skyrim yeah, PC community. Yeah, it is. It's a huge chunk, especially since there's not as many PC players as uh, console players for this game. Yeah, I yeah, think uh, uh, PC Skyrim <clears throat> occupies the, the least, uh, the, the smallest uh, community. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also, like with Skyrim being such a massive successful hit, if you want to look at Skyrim mods, basically on the, you know because it was such a big thing on YouTube, so many mods that are showcased basically come from the Nexus because they do have the variety, the the you know the scale of mods. You know that you you can literally go into Skyrim Nex in, into the Skyrim Nexus and change the whole balance of your entire game. <laughs> yes, you can. From from the amount of damage arrows do to the amount of you know, you can add sneak attacks to your magicka. You know, you can, you know, like we've spoke about John's perspective before, Frostfall, realistic needs and diseases. You can make your game super hardcore. You can add dragons. You can add, you know, you, you can add anything. On you the can Nexus. literally do whatever with the mods, honestly. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but then you go to the, into the Steam Workshop and it is limited to, say, followers, a few player houses, you know, uh, clothing and that sort of thing so i i'm definitely not surprised that the nexus especially for pc because that's who mod it really is is just so out in out you know out in the lead without a doubt um sorry varwin i have a really quick question for you maury okay um so Sky UI is the number one. Do do we is does it list on there where the Skyrim actually two K textures is? Because it is it's fourth. Wow, uh, okay, so it definitely dropped. Yeah, with a total of Hmm, okay. That's weird. But yeah, apparently that's that's had nine million downloads. <laughs> well alright. Okay. Okay, how how is Sky UI above that? Are you searching by most endorsed or most downloaded? Uh, no, most, hmm, yeah, most endorsed, sorry. I did that wrong. 
Okay. Yeah. Most of all time. <laughs> oh my god. But still, yeah. Okay. I've yeah, still you're alive. Texas. Yeah, you're right. It is to- you know nine million downloads for Skyrim two K H textures. Four and a half million unique. So basically, half the people that have downloaded it have downloaded it at least twice. Oh, and also to to talk about the the workshop, there is actually a file limit, a file size limit as to what they can add to the workshop. That's why you don't see things like these high res texture packs on the workshop because they're literally gigabytes. Like <laughs> that's yeah. wow. All right, I did not know the file size limit. Honestly, I, I didn't know that was a requirement. Well, all right. There you yeah. go. <laughs> it kind of makes some sense. Steam can only host so much. Yeah, because I, I mean, I guess at that point it is Valve servers doing the. Uh... Yeah, the heavy lifting. Yeah. Right, and I, and on the plus side, I mean, the Steam Workshop is always up. The Nexus, <laughs> they get DDoSed, you know at least twice a day and oh, they also you know whether or not there's there's so many people accessing it sometimes when you go to download a new mod it'll say oh this file doesn't exist and you got to retry like 20 times before it starts to download <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah speaking on on sky ui um i really feel like like bethesda they they had to have noticed sky ui at at, at this point and i really think that the just the I, I really think it's a fantastic user interface regarding Skyrim and they've got to be looking at it for yeah. inclusion into into Elder Scrolls 6. <coughs> well, you honestly, know, like Zenim, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Zenimax must have seen it because it's it's very similar to what's in ESO. I yeah, think. I was actually going to say the same. I, I think Zenimax might have looked at Sky UI and taken a book from them. And, and another thing about Sky UI is uh, recently when they went to version 4, I believe, they introduced that new favorites menu. And, oh man, it is perfect for this game. Uh, Sky UI is hands down, if you're going to start modding Skyrim, that's the first thing you need to go and grab. Yeah. I, well, I, I will say, I'll say this. I'll put a caveat on there. Um, if you look at the vanilla UI for Skyrim, you can clearly tell it has it is very very preferential towards using it on a gamepad. And yeah. coming from somebody that plays you know games on the PC exclusively with a gamepad, if it's available, I can tell you the UI is, is excellent for that. But as soon as you switch over to a mouse and keyboard, it becomes sort of a hassle with that default UI. So I think honestly, like I I would agree. I, I, Varwin, with what you know, your you, Bethesda's got to be looking at it. I think what they're gonna, I think what they can take away from it is that, uh, you know, depending on your control scheme, your UI and your HUD uh, will change to reflect your preference and what you're using. And I think if it detected, oh, so, okay, if Arwen's not using a gamepad, let's present him with this UI and it's akin to Sky UI, I think that'd be great. Yeah, kind of have like a uh, a user interface. What about a um uh, for for Elder Scrolls Six? What about a user interface that the player can can uh, customize? What about that? Why is that not a thing? 
it, customized meaning like uh meaning like, like toggle on and off certain things or like literally like customized down to how big do you want this piece to be yeah like uh how come you know why don't they offer certain certain um you know user t- different types of of uis and then within those different types of uis allow me to sort of like toggle how large the um, the font is going to be, uh, how big the frames are going to be. Um, if it, if I want it to, you know, uh, how I interact with it, with, with the buttons on, on my, my gamepad or how I interact with it, with, uh, the, the mouse and keyboard, if I want a more like keyboard driven selection or more mouse driven selection, that kind of a thing. I, I think that makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, it, yeah, they, I would think that that would be one of the a great thing to add because the, the worst. I mean, you basically, as a player, you don't want the UI to get in your way. You kind of just want to forget about it. And I think if you know, it's spending spending that extra effort on the development side, and you know, really giving that player the uh, the choice and the customization options, like you just mentioned, will really go a long way um, with how the player interacts with the game and experiences it. Yeah. All right, um, John. What's uh, what's next on the hit parade? What's our next topic? Okay, so our next topic is: Is Skyrim a lackluster RPG? If so, how? And this is once again from the official Bethesda forums, and it is by Crazy Guy One Five Eight, and he says: Some of you might think Skyrim is lackluster. Some of you might compare a video game to a tabletop one where you roll dice. Some might also prefer linear-ish open-world games like Dragon Age and The Witcher. How is Skyrim lackluster? You can do what you want within reason, and for some things you can't do in vanilla, there are usually mods covering it. While some things are laid out for you, like you being the Dragonborn and the Helgen Start, that can be remedied by using alternate start mods, and the rest is up to uh, how you roleplay your character. If you play on a console, you can still roleplay away, for example, the Helgen Start and go your own way. I believe uh, Michael PK would be an expert on this matter since he spent several thousand hours playing Skyrim on a console. My opinion is that Skyrim, the sky's the limit, well, unless you favor the sky and remove all sorts of boundaries, that is. So, do you guys feel that Skyrim is a lackluster role-playing game? No. 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 It depends. It it does depend. No, no, Shank's right. It does depend. But I think the the quick answer for me is is no, it is not a lackluster RPG. Now, Now, Shank, why don't you tell us why you think it depends? Um, Supa, real quick, can you mention he, at the top of that article, he rattled off some other games. Uh, do you mind uh, mentioning those again? Sure. Dragon Age and The Witcher is what he referenced. Okay, so you look at three games, right? Dragon Age, which I uh, admittedly do not have that much experience in, but I, I have played the crap out of The Witcher too. Uh, okay, are all those games RPGs? Yes. Can they be compared one-to-one? No. No. Does that mean that you can make a fair assessment, you know, across games like that? In my opinion, I don't think it does, because you're you're comparing something. I mean, it's 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 basically like okay, you have a you have a basically like an SUV versus a little sports car. Are they both vehicles? Yes. 
which one is better? Well, it depends. What do you want it for? I think that the games are exactly like that. Are both of them RPGs? Yes. Which one's better? Which one's lackluster? It depends. Now, for me, I always will favor giant open worlds where they don't hold your hand and they say, just go do whatever. You're, you're not restricted. You're not, you, you're not supposed to not go in this one particular area because you're not high enough level yet. You know, you just can't. So I will always, always, always fall on the side of give me an open world to go wander and do whatever the hell I want. That being said, there are those there are players who like a more sort of scripted, very, you know, highly uh, uh, high narrative, very, very excellent writing, all that other stuff in a very tightly linear, uh, more linear story, as is the case with Witcher and Witcher 2. You are presented with choice, yes, but it is it is choice that uh, CD Projekt Red has written, and you are you are sort of paced through the game. This is different from Skyrim and Elder Scrolls in general. So, it depends on what you mean by lackluster and what you are because if you mean by lackluster, you're naturally drawing comparisons to something else. That just it's an implicit sort of thing that you're you're saying. So I think it depends. Me, I don't think it's lackluster um, because it is almost everything I want from an RPG. That being said, I don't think The Witcher and Dragon Age are lackluster either because they, they, they're they RPGs, but they have a very, they have a different sort of, uh, uh, they, you know, they sing their own tune basically, and it's not Elder Scrolls, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, no, I, I would totally agree with you. I think, you know, he's referencing two different kind of games for two different kind of players. Um, if you're into that narrative and that epic story, you're going to get it in The Witcher 2. That that game has an amazing story. You're going to get it in Dragon Age and you're going to have, you know, certain scripted decisions where, you know, they have a dialogue branch and they know which outcome is going to do what, what what it's going to change in your game. But for me, the reason why I honestly prefer Skyrim to those games is basically Bethesda crafts a world uh, and then opens it up not only to you, but also to the mod community for you to go in and, and basically live in that world. Like when I play, I said this before, I, I do role play my characters. They do have a backstory. They do have a personality. Every playthrough is not always the same because some characters won't do certain quests because they, they either disagree with the person trying to give it to them or it's not in that personality to do so. And I like experiencing the game through that. And they basically create an immersive sandbox for you to play in, whereas these other games are much more narrative-driven, uh, like Shank was saying. So I totally agree with you, man. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think that um, in order to really figure out uh, you know, what, what we're talking about here, you really got to define an RPG. Um, because there, RPGs, uh, there are, there are RPG elements, really customization elements in a lot of video games these days, and, and they all stem from from the RPG. Um, but does that necessarily make them all RPGs? No, not at all. Um, just because you know you can you can customize uh, certain things going on in in a sports game, uh, in a basketball game, doesn't make it an RPG. It is fundamentally a sports game. And it can, of course, there's room for hybrids too. But uh, that said, you know, really, what is Skyrim? Is it an RPG? Yes, it is. But it's also an action RPG, meaning that you know it's not turn-based. Uh, it's not like Dungeons and Dragons, where it's a tabletop RPG. 
Um, you know, it's not like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon where it's a, uh, a, you know, a card tabletop RPG. It's a it's a action video game open world RPG. Um, and but what makes it a role playing game? The fact that you can play a role, not a scripted character given to you by a game company and there's nothing wrong with that it's just it's just different it's just different it's just not what the it's just not what this is it's just not a scripted event are there <laughs> scripted events yes but primarily what are you doing in this game you're you're making your own choices about character development you're you're building your character the way you want and, and to the point where there's so much customization that you can you can create some really crazy builds and hybrids and stuff and and come up with just in your head just stories on why your character is just so different than everyone else in the world and and yes sure there are there is that action element of real-time combat and yes there is that that main story quest that is scripted that does have scripted characters and scripted dialogue options but does that make it any less of a role-playing game? No, absolutely not. Because the primary vehicle of the game is this open, expansive, real-time world that offers you all different kinds of choices. And you can play one character and build another character and be completely different. And you don't necessarily have to rely on uh, tropes of, of certain classes that you know in other games. I would say, I would say Skyrim is more of a role-playing game because of all the customization options that you do have and the freedom that you have than some traditional games that are considered role-playing games simply because they give you, you know, a warrior, thief, and wizard class, and you build um, your your character based on that. Uh, Maury, you you had uh, you wanted to weigh in. No, I was just definitely like agreeing with you. And like the the five people on on the podcast now, if we all loaded up our last save, all totally different. Every, you know, in nearly in every single way, like how we've quest, how we've um, how we've built the characters, you know, the the appearance as well. Um, but just like yeah, you know, the the total combat elements and how we play the game you know like i was, I was joking with shank on the stream earlier he, he'd been playing this character about since last october november and he's like level 12 now or something 14 <laughs> for, for, oh, <laughs> yeah 14 and, and you know and i you know when i started my game i got to like level 12 in two hours so there's just so much it's just so many ways you can build your character and the way your character grows. You know, Shank's probably covered half as much, no, probably twice as much room as I've covered, but I've done more content and battling. And there is just so much to Skyrim, I, I feel, that it's in, in no way can it be like luster. Um, you know, like you know, you'll you'll get the the people from Morrowind Day saying, "Oh, but you know, you've got all this branching text and things like that." I think adding voice characters and acting, 
you know, while okay, there, you know, there's maybe seven voice actors in the entire Skyrim, at least it is voiced, and I don't have to sit reading like I would in an MMO for hours, where where you get to the point where you just click it and you just go and do something, and then you go back and then you hand it back, and then they say, "Thank you. Here's here's a here's a wand." And that's Great job. yeah, and that's a big barrier to entry when it comes to when it comes to Morrowind because you know people these days they they you know Dungeons and Dragons is a, is a wonderful 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 role playing game and in my opinion I I really don't think um, you have the ability to talk about role playing games if you've never experienced at least a campaign of Dungeons and Dragons like you've got to know where where things come from. All right. Good night, guys. All right, have a good night. <laughs> um, you got to know, you got to know the history, man. You got to, you got to experience that for yourself. And I think it makes you a far better gamer knowing Dungeons and Dragons. But is D and D relevant? No. Yeah, no, I it's say. not. It's not not in today's gaming market. No. I don't think. And it breaks my heart. And I'm sorry if I upset you, dear listener, for for saying that. But the reason why. I don't think that D and D is relevant, is because it's not representational of of what's going on in gaming these days. It's 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 just an old system, and it doesn't ring true uh, for for most people out there. Now, does that mean that D and D is ever going to go away? No. Does that mean that it's any less of a role playing game? Absolutely not. D and D is the single greatest role playing game ever. And that will never change, no matter what comes out, because it, you're you're only bound to your imagination and what your friend's imagination is, and that's the greatest role playing game. And it honestly, I you, you could argue successfully that if there was no D and D, Skyrim, Witcher, Dragon, like, nope. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But is it relevant? Unfortunately, no, it's not anymore. And it's because of technology. Things have just changed, you know, and that's just the way it is. But um, that doesn't mean that because uh, those old uh, tried and true role playing game systems, just because they don't exist in, in, an, in a game like Skyrim makes it any less of a of a role playing game. It doesn't make it any uh, make it a lackluster one either. So I'll say you, James. Um, I have to agree. Definitely the gaming industry has changed to the point where what I used to definitely consider to be role-playing games doesn't really exist. I think the only way that it exists nowadays in MMOs is if you play on some RP server, in which case then you're really just kind of acting out the part of your character and interacting with the other players in that mode as if you were that character. Um, I agree with Avarwin. I played Dungeons and Dragons so much during high school and I loved it. And it was the first experience I ever had with role-playing games. And I played video games at that point as well, but the video games never really captured any role-playing aspects to it like Dungeons and Dragons did for me. And then when role-playing games or the the computer games video games did start trying to interact in a role-play fashion it still didn't feel the same and definitely it was during that point there was a there was a transition going on and there's some 
some aspects just can't be translated into a video game, no matter how hard you try. Now, there's a lot of video games out there, single player and, and multiplayer, that have great stories, a great interaction. Um, you can really feel immersed in it, but it still doesn't hold that same role-playing aspect because there was so much randomness that could happen during a D&D game session that just can't really happen in a, in a video game because everything's scripted to be one, two, or three, and then that's it. But I think it is what you get out of it, really. John, we haven't we haven't heard from you. Yeah, no, I, I chimed in uh, right after Shank, and I, I was saying uh, much of the same uh, there. Okay. All right. Um, any uh, any final thoughts on on any of that, guys? I think we covered everything, man. Like all yeah, points here. I'd just like to kind of uh, talk to the chat room a little bit because they're kind of a little bit angry. I'm mean, just saying we're not saying Dungeons and Dragons is dead and that, that there's no one loving it now, but we're just saying that in today's gamer market, PS4, Xbox, that kind of crowd, I, I'm probably thinking that a lot of 15 to 20 year olds who play Skyrim or play Dragon Age or play Witcher, they've probably never heard of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and if there's people, I'm sorry, guys. You know, if there's if there's people in the chat room that are upset with me because I said that D and D is not relevant anymore, you know, I I I I am sorry. You know, we're we're all here to have fun, of course, and you know, I I, I don't want to upset anybody's feelings, and and I I apologize for that. Um, and and you know, hey, what what do I know? You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm just some some guy who who plays video games just like everyone else. Um. But you know, in my in my opinion, and maybe not so humbly given across, um, I I don't think it is relevant. And uh, you know, maybe I didn't display my reasons all that well, um, but I, I do have my reasons, and um, probably not so good to rehash on them right now because I I don't want to upset anyone any further. But if I did upset you, I, I really do apologize for that, and and it it wasn't intentional. Um, all right, John, what's uh, what's our next topic, please? All right, so to kind of lighten the mood, because if Arwen's a jerk, uh, <laughs> we have <laughs> random Skyrim questions number two. So how this is going to work is I'm going to read off the question. We're going to get the host on the call to give their answer, and then I'll tell you what the answers were given on the official Bethesda forums. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. All right, so our first question for everyone is have you ever killed Lydia on accident? Mark you. Yes. Well, no, it wasn't an accident. <laughs> James. Wait, um, is Lydia the first companion that you can pick up? In, yeah, yeah. Um, Your house, Carl, yes. Oh, the house, Carl. Um, no, I, I left her in my house and never saw her again until I was home, in which case I would just tell her to shut up and leave me alone. All right, Shank. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I, I I married her, made, yeah. like made her like give me gold and open a shop, and then kind of accidentally like threw her off a cliff. Oh, okay. <laughs> a Varwin. Yes. <laughs> All right. So on the forums, yes was the winner with thirteen votes. <laughs> uh, no was second with seven votes. None of your business with two votes, and who's Lydia with two votes? As well. <laughs> 
that's, that's James's. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I just never really picked up the companions, to be honest. I, I'm a soloer. I play by myself, I sneak and do it all the by myself. Aha, uh -huh. okay. So then, James, tell me, would you rather marry Delphine, be tied up to the chair, and be tickled by Hermaeus Morris' tentacles, <laughs> Balgruff's boots, or be Heimsky's apprentice? Um, can I can I go with D? None of the above. I'll no. You have to pick one of the ones. Oh man. Um, you know what? It's, I I think the tentacles sounds fun. Yeah, you're creepy. Mm. Uh, Anti. <laughs> um. I'll go with Mary Delphine because I've got no problem killing Parthenax. Okay, you have no heart. Shame. <laughs> I would pick Balgruf because then that way I can, you know, gain favor and then just Game of Thrones everyone later. Well done. Varwin? What, what are the choices again? You can marry Delphine, uh -huh. be tied up to the chair and be tickled by Hermaeus Moore's tentacles, mm -hmm. lick Balgruf's boots, or be Heimsky's apprentice. Wow. Um, who's who's Delphine again? I, I forgot. Who, I forgot who's the woman in the blades. The woman in the blades. Yeah, you meet yeah. her in Riverwood, and she's yeah. like, hello, Dragonborn. Yeah, sleeping yeah. giant in. She steals the horn. I've got Jürgen Winkler's horn. Yeah, oh, and, I didn't, and right. I didn't have dragon shards, which is bullcrap, by the way. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I'd hit that. Yeah, Delphine. Yeah. <laughs> Me as well. I, I'd go ahead and marry Delphine. But interestingly yeah. enough, uh, Bethesda's forms is just as creepy as uh, James's, and they would prefer the tentacles. <laughs> Next, oh, okay. just to like reaffirm people, Heimsker is the crazy Talos guy in White Run. Yeah, right. You're yeah. very live. So, <laughs> Delphine came in second, licking Balrif's boots and being Heimsky's apprentice, tied with five votes. So the next question, uh, Shank, if you were stuck in an elevator forever, who would you want to be with? Nazim, Mogrel, Heimsky, or Delphine? Delphine. Okay, James? Sorry, what was the question again? If you were stuck in an elevator forever and you had to listen to this podcast so you could actually pay attention, who would you <laughs> want to be with? Nazim, Mogrel, Heimsky, or Delphine? I'll go with Delphine this time. Okay. Uh, how about you, Maury? Well, since I'm married, I'll be getting laid every night, so Delphine. Hey. Uh, Varwin? Uh, well, who's who's Heimsky? He's the, the dude guy? in Whiterun. Yeah, the dude in Whiterun. That's oh, okay. I, I thought that was it. Yeah, no, it's the. Yeah, all right. I, I thought you, you said it differently, I think. Um, and who else? Delphine, Heimsky, and who was the other? Mogrul and Nazim. Yeah, I know who Nazim is. No, forget that guy. Who's who's <laughs> Mogrul? <laughs> I've never heard of that person. Mogrul? Uh, I don't know who it is either. Okay. Sounds like an orc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's just say uh, creepy orky guy. So, so no, I don't want that. So, yeah, Delphine again. <laughs> All right, and I'm with you guys. Chank, uh, did I get your answer? Yep, yeah. Delphine, yep. So yeah, I'm with you guys, Delphine, and, and so is the forums. They, they side with us. Um, coming in second was a tie between Azim and Magrul, and then Heimsky obviously lost because no one wants to be near that guy. No. <laughs> so, Avarwin, 
Yes, Would sir. you rather be a chicken or a mud crab? Mud crab. Uh, Shank? Chicken, because if you kill me, then my entire town attacks you back. Well said. Uh, Morku? Uh, sorry, I just actually looked up who Mogrel was, and he's actually a moneylender in Raven Rock. He's an orc. Oh, he's right, actually yeah. uh, he spends his day in the wretching Netch mm. in uh, Raven Rock. Uh, so, can you ask me the question again? Yeah, would you rather be a chicken or a mud crab? Chicken, because like people protect them like most. Yeah. <laughs> you're like a king if you're a chicken. <laughs> James, chicken or a mud crab? I'm gonna go with mud crab because then I can just not care about anything. Yeah, man, mud crabs are baller. Yeah, I'm oh, gonna yeah. go mud crab too. Uh, especially, yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like, get wrong. off my beach. Especially get if I got beach, top hat beach. and monocle. Exactly. <laughs> so, mud crabs actually won that with 14 votes, and chicken had uh, 10. Oh. So, the last question: Who is indisputably the most important person in Skyrim? He who shelters us from the harshness from Skyrim wilderness, and to whom we owe everything we have, including our lives. Your options are Mike the Truthful, Mike the Truthful, Mike the Truthful, or Mike the Truthful. <laughs> and that is the original poster of this questionnaire, so you can see why he uh, ended with that question. Right. Uh, uh, can we actually give a real answer to that, or do we have to go for it? Yeah. Real, real answer. No, screw that guy. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, w- I would say General Tullius. Hmm. The most important person in Skyrim is General Tullius. I, I can I can actually see that. Not who I would pick, but I can see that. Yeah. Uh, you know who I think the most important person in Skyrim is? Who? Me, while I'm playing it. And I'm with you. I really... Yeah, I mean, I really can't see how anyone else other than other than the Dragonborn could possibly can be considered the most important person in Skyrim. Mike, uh, you decide the fate of nations. Yeah. Nope, my, Mike, dude. My for me, it's it will no matter what Elder Scrolls game, it's always Mike. <laughs> just, just <laughs> Mike, uh, just, just awesome. Well, let's let's just say, all right, you're the Dragonborn is a character that's off the table. Um, because let, I mean, I think maybe, maybe that might be an easy and obvious answer. Um, and, and I, I don't want to go the easy route on that, but you know, Maury, I mean, uh, I mean, I think that's a fantastic answer. Why, but why, why do you think general tell you Because it, like, yes, the emperor's in it, but he basically only in it to die. And general Tullius actually has... You know, like aside from actually killing Alduin, the most important question going through Skyrim is Stormcloak or Legion. Now, Ulfric's just a big racist duty head, and <laughs> General General Tullius kind of wants you dead at the beginning, but then comes to like you. Um, he's and like, his reason. he he is a general, and he's he's like there to rule Skyrim, almost alongside. Say the High Queen, which is obviously um, Elisif. Elisif, yeah. So, like, he is he is the the might of Skyrim, like officially badged. Whereas the Dragonborn is, you're just any random character that you make. And I, I think General Tullius is the most important. 
Okay, well, if Dragonborn is taken off the table, I would say it's Balgriff. I, I was... Damn it, Supa. Aha, uh-huh, I win. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I, I, I kind of have to... I, I'm curious to hear your reasons, though, because I wonder if it's similar to... Uh, my reasons are because he... Basically, in the beginning of the game, he hasn't decided which side of the faction he's going to be on. Exactly. And he holds the Dragon Keep. Yep. Uh, which is crucial to the survival of uh, Skyrim, as you see play out through the story. And I think it's also... Whiterun is a much harder city to attack than maybe, say, Falkreath and uh, the Rift. So I, I definitely say Balgriff, you know, and you can see Ulfric and uh, General Tullius both trying to win his favor. Exactly. Uh, okay, let me come back with one thing. If you side with the Stormcloaks, Balgruff may not actually be in charge of the Dragon Reach when you come to that part of the quest. Well, that's because... We took the Dragonborn off the table, and during that quest, the Dragonborn is helping to fight for to take over White Run. So that's why you win because you're there. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, and I mean, I I have to. I mean, my my answer is kind of just BS, by the way. Um, <laughs> we know. I mean, I I have to agree because, yeah, both of the the heads of the opposing factions are trying to vie for his favor, and at that point, the choice for Skyrim's fate is his to win or lose. It really is. So not just a civil war, but plus he's got, I mean, he has a way to literally capture a dragon, which is not just, by the way, that's not just to save Skyrim. That's like literally kind of like the world's fate there, um, kind of beyond the civil war. So I, I, he, he's kind of definitely a, a very, very key pivotal player when it comes, um, I think more so than Tullius because yes, civil war, but also, you know, the world in general with the threat of the dragons. He has the tools, I should say, to uh, help out. So, James, um, hmm. apparently right. Dragonborn was taken off the table. What's your new answer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's still me, because I'm putting myself back on the table. <laughs> well, uh, not that not that I think I have an answer that that that's that could uh, be considered a good one. But um, here's here's a character that I think maybe might be an interesting thought. Um, what about some of the graybeards? Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so you're, I'm guessing you're just talking about Angier. Yeah. Yeah. See, he's um, the only one that can talk to you. Um, without them, they wouldn't be able to weed the dragonborn down the path that eventually leads him to you know throw off Alduin so I think that's also an- another good point is the greybeards if the dragonborn's off the table then there's really no use for the greybeards well, well hold on hold on because <laughs> so hold on if we, if we look at this from a different perspective we uh so the dragonborn we know can just naturally like absorb and learn shouts just because I mean he's got the or he or she has the dragon blood in him or her mm-hmm. but think about it this way too the 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 graybeards they know the shouts too and they are not dragonborn I mean they had to right. obviously do studies and studies and learn and learn and learn and you know education and all that incredibly hard work but the fact is that if they had to do it they could train somebody or maybe combine the might of all of them and their you know intellect and their knowledge about the dragon language and the command of the dragon speech and the dragons 
to help defeat Alduin. It just so happens that the Dragonborn, it's much easier to do that. So I th I don't, like, I think if push came to shove without the Dovahkiin a part of the picture, I think the onus would be on the Dragon, the, the, the Greybeards, because they're the only ones that really see the threat and also have the knowledge to somehow combat it. Plus they have a dragon on their side. And they have freaking Parthenax, yeah. <laughs> well, not if I've killed him. Boo! You have Wait, no heart. You wouldn't have because you're off the table. <laughs> that's that's very true. Um, but also, like, would the Greybeards be able to get the um, the Elder Scroll that lets them go back in time so they can learn the Dragon Ren because Parthenax doesn't know Dragon Ren so you wouldn't be, they wouldn't know it and wouldn't have Dragon Souls to be able to shout Alduin down. That's the thing. Like, I think if push came to shove, they would have to do it. It just so, so happens your your you exist, so they're like, oh well, we can let this guy do it because it's much easier. So, do you think, like, to save the world, they would kill Parthenax to get his soul, so they could use the Dragon Wrench out? I think Parthenax would give himself up. Yeah, I think Parthenax would sacrifice himself. So then, possibly Parthenax is the most important person in Skyrim. Ooh. Mm. Can I just say wow. I love that wow. we actually were having a discussion about this. This is awesome. I know this. Is all of <laughs> This, this is why we're the guys on this show, because... Classic Elder Scrolls night! <laughs> no, I mean, that that is actually a really good point. Maybe, you know, you, you yeah. started it with the, the Greybeards of Arwen, but maybe it is the leader of the Greybeards, Parthenax. Yeah. And James, you were going to say something. Um, no, I forgot. Vote <laughs> kick James, he's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, one of my cats distracted me and then the thought was gone. Yeah, I know how that like is. That. <laughs> Just like that. She wanted it on my lap and was trying to make sure I had some room. You as as Dave uh would like to say, you you just got catted. <laughs> yes. I got catted. You got catted. And it's funny because that that's exactly the character I just made was a cat. A, a Khajiit. Yes, a Khajiit. Well, Jet black. Um, pretty pretty amazing. Uh, pretty amazing discussion points here, guys. Um, I I I can't believe that we've uh, we've gone as long as we have regarding some Kill of it. these things. Oh, I can. I mean, there's the, the these are some pretty. I mean, who says you know games aren't they're just you know hobbies and like play things like you can actually have like very deep intelligent conversations about them. Yeah, no, that's that's utter utter bull. Because let me tell you something right now. Um, one of the first episodes of Skyrim off the record, I said that one of the things about Skyrim that makes makes it amazing is the fact that you can have relevant political discussions based in in reality. Because of of what you see in in Skyrim, uh, you know, I mean the the uh, the Civil War is a fantastic example of 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 things like that, and and is very very applicable to the real world. So yes, you can have intelligent discussions, and yes, you can use gaming um, as as a way of of telling stories to. Uh, learn a, a a moral truth. Um, it, it, you can do these things. So, absolutely, it's complete crap to say that 
you know, an entire form of entertainment is really just there to be a Fisher Price toy for for uh, for children. <laughs> right. <laughs> Amen, brother. Here, here. Preaching to the class. It's uh, it's just a. Uh, I'll just, drink to that. It's just a hobby, right? When one game makes more money in one day than m- movies do over their lifetime. So exactly. Just, you know. <laughs> right. Just a hobby. All right. Uh, well, we've got we've got more uh, coming out uh, for you, and uh, one of uh, one of the topics that that we have left for you is um, random lore by by Morikyu. Oh, we we on that part of the show, are we? Yeah. Oh my. And then oh my. Uh, and then we'll do the uh, the mod. We'll finish up with the mod. Okay. Um, I have I've chosen. Well, I've got a book today. Over at the Imperial Library, and it is called Sherim's Heart or Cherim. We'll go with Sherim, it sounds French. So that's cool. And it's um, by Livius Perus, Interview with Tapestrists, Volume 18. Contemporary with Makamat Lutigam. Interviewed in volume 17 of this series is the Kaji Sharim, whose tapestries have been hailed as masterpieces all over the empire for nigh on 30 years now. His four factories located throughout elsewhere make reproductions of his work, but his original tapestries command stellar prices. The emperor himself owns 10 Sherim tapestries and his representatives are currently negotiating the sale of five more. The muted use of colour contrasted with the luminous skin tones of Shirim's subjects is a marked contrast with the old style of tapestry. The subjects of his work in recent years have been fabulous tales of the ancient pasts, the gods' meetings to discuss the formation of the world, the Chimer following the prophet Veloth into Morrowind, the wild elves battling Marius and his legions as at the White Gold Tower. His earliest designs dealt with more contemporary subjects. I had the opportunity to discuss with him one of his first masterpieces, the heart of Anikina at the villa at Orchrist. The heart of Akina uh, presents an historical battle of the five-year war between Elsewhere and Valenwood, which raged from the Third Era 394 or Third Era 395, depending on what considers to be the beginning of the war, until third, the Third Era 399. In most fair accounts, the war lasted four years and nine months. For artistic license from the great epic poets added an additional three months to the ordeal. The actual details of the battle itself are interpreted by Sherim are explicit. The faces of a hundred and twenty wood elves archers can be differentiated one from another each registering fear at the approach of the Khajiit army, their hauberks caught the dim light of the sun 
the menacing shadow of the elsewhere battle cats loom on the hills, every muscle strained, ready to pounce in command. It is not surprising that he got all the details right because Sherim was in the midst of it as a Khajiit foot soldier. Every minute part of the Khajiit traditional armour can be seen in the soldiers in the foreground, the embroidered edging and striped patterns on the tunics, each lacquered plate on loose filtering leather in the elsewhere style, the helmets of cloth and fluted silver. Sherem does not understand the point of plate mail, said Sherem. It is hot, for one. Like being both burned and buried alive, Sherem wore it at the insistence of our Nord advisors during the Battle of Zelninin, and Sherem couldn't even turn to see what my fellow Khajiit were doing. Sherem did some sketches of a tapestry of the Battle of Zenin, but Sherem finds that to make it realistic, the figures came out very mechanical, like iron golems or Dwemer centurions. Knowing our Khajiit commanders, Sherem would not be surprised if giving up the heavy plate was more aesthetic than practical. Elsewhere, lost the battle of Zelin, didn't she? Yes, but elsewhere won the war. Starting at the next battle, the heart of Anikina, said Shroom with a smile, the tide turned as soon as we Khajiit sent out Nordic advisors back to solitude. We had to get rid of their heavy armour they brought to us and find enough traditional armour our troops felt comfortable wearing. Obviously, the principal advantage of the traditional armour was that we could move easily in it, as you can see from the natural stances of the soldiers in the tapestry. Now, if you look at the poor perforated cafe rat who just keeps battling on the bottom background, you see the other advantage, it seems strange to say but one of the best features of traditional armor is that an arrow will either deflect completely or pass all the way through an arrowhead is like a hook made to stick where it strikes if it doesn't pass through a soldier in traditional armor will find himself with a hole in his body and the bolt on the other side our healers can fix shook's wounds easily if it isn't fatal but if the arrow still remains in the armor as it does with heavy armour, the wound will be reopened every time the fellow moves. Unless the Khajiit strips off the armour and pulls out the arrow, which is what we had to do at the Battle of Zelninin, a difficult and time-consuming process in the heat of battle, to say the least. I asked him next, is there a self-portrait in the battle? Yes, Shurim said with another grin. You see the small figure of Khajiit stealing the rings of the, the dead wood elves? His back is facing you, but he has a brow and an orange striped tail like Sherim's. Sherim does not say that all stereotypes about the Khajiit are fair, but Sherim must sometimes acknowledge them. A self deprecating? Yeah, that's the word. I can say that as well. Style is self portraiture is also evident in the tapestries of Ranault Hook, the next artist interviewed in the volume 19 of this series. Damn it, me almost made it all the way through Sherim's heart. <laughs> Aww, poor Maury. 
Oh, Great job, Maury. Great job. You're getting much, much better. I, I really, uh, I really appreciate, you know, all the yeah. hard work that you you do for your segment. It's it's very good. Almost thirty, and I can almost read. <laughs> <laughs> good job, man. That was a lot. A lot of the stuff there was 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 tough to definitely tough to get through. And um, good job. Yay for random. Yeah. All right, uh, John. What's what's going on with your uh, your your mod of the week then? All right. So for my mod of the week, we're going over to the Skyrim Nexus, and I'm actually going to talk to you guys a bit about SSME, which is Skyrim Startup Memory Editor. Oh hey. So, hey. Just uh, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm getting I I totally talked about this on ESOTR, so I'm glad you're talking about it because it's it's amazing. Yeah. So this just rolled out. Uh, within the past two months I believe and actually if you already have an up-to-date version of SKSE I don't believe you need this anymore but for those of us that have been modding Skyrim for a while or if you've been experiencing <laughs> a uh, those random crash of desktops basically there's a flaw in how Skyrim allocates memory and it first starts and when you start up Skyrim it allocates a block of 256 megabytes what happens is once that block gets filled up, it goes to allocate an additional 256, but a lot of the times when it goes to do that, it'll crash. So what this does is it starts the game by allocating uh, 512 megabytes as opposed to 256, so when it does go to switch over to a different block of memory, you don't get that crash. Uh, it's a very simple mod to install. You just download the files. It's a DLL file that you copy from the archive and paste into your folder that contains, uh, what is it, Skyrim.exe? Or TES5, yeah. Yeah, or TES5.exe, and you're good to go. Uh, you won't have to edit anything. Um, I've seen this. I've seen a video of a gentleman that uh, purposely uh, spawned enough creatures so that it would crash his game and he used an SKSE plugin that shows you how much memory is being allocated to show that once it hits that 512 megabyte in vanilla Skyrim without this mod it will crash the desktop and then by enabling this mod once it goes to allocate that additional block of 256 it will no longer crash so this is definitely for those of us that have a heavily modded Skyrim game this is a must have uh, mod if you are playing that uh, can I just add one thing really quickly? Sure, go ahead, man. Um, okay, a lot of you guys, uh, you know, you you heard him say DLL. Um, many of you are using ENB. ENB uses a DLL. This mod is compatible with ENB. It's a different binary file, so you don't have to worry about it. You know, clack, crashing and clashing with your ENB file. It will work. It, it it's. I mean, and you can take my word on this it works and i'm sure super you use it as well oh yeah i use it with an emb and it works perfect it's amazing dude <laughs> it's so amazing very cool uh all right well i i guess uh i guess that's basically it guys um we're sort of uh we're sort of done here what's uh what's some some of our final thoughts here and we'll we'll start with james of course um Excited that I was here. Lots of really great topics covered. My brain hurts now. I have to <laughs> digest it somehow. <laughs> and typically, uh, Skyrim. I am now feeling the urge again, for sure. So that's my final thought. Absolutely. What about you, John? 
Uh, I agree. Uh, after watching you play Skyrim, I definitely want to jump back into there. Might have to wait till after this weekend because of a certain game that cannot be named. Uh, but stay tuned to our channel for additional coverage of that game. And also, man, it was crazy. I love how we got into that whole discussion on basically a, a discussion topic that was more of a lighthearted kind of joking thing. And then we just got into this philosophical debate about the game. So it, it was pretty interesting. And I had a blast, guys. I cannot wait till next week. Yeah, that's uh, that's really what I love about about Skyrim is is that you know you <laughs> you can have philosophical discussions regarding uh, or at least it can lead to to philosophical discussions. Um, gee, my final thought, you know, hey, thank you, chat room, everyone for for hanging out with us. Um, I I am just loving my my uh, one handed spell and shield. Uh, light armor mage uh, who does a little part-time sneaking in archery. It's just uh, I don't know if you guys have been watching the uh, the stream at all, but it's been serving me very very well, and I'm now level uh, 13 as a result. I've I've leveled up a couple of times during this uh, during the show, and man, this thing is amazing. All right, well, uh, I'm going to shut things down. So thank you very much, everyone who's uh, who's hung out with me and uh, with all of us as well. Thank you to uh, my wonderful co-host for for giving me part of of uh, your your Friday night to to uh, to do this great show of classic Elder Scrolls night. So take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the foose be with you. Yeah, my final thought. Is I can say self-deprecated really well. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh my god.